in spite of what's going on around us, God remains faithful even when we're not faithful. Remember that God is going to remain who he is outside of us. And he has proved himself through his son. God know what we need even in this house because something has to break. Amen. Something has to break. God had two songs on my heart. Actually, it was one. And when I got back there to mic up, I had that one song. But then all of a sudden I heard the Holy Spirit whisper, something has to break. Come on. Hallelujah. Glory God. Hallelujah.
change is through words and the words that we speak have to be the words of life so no matter where you are if it's death in the atmosphere I guarantee you if you begin to speak the words of life life will begin to come in and it will overthrow darkness but if we're not speaking life We're walking right along with the dead. Even though we have the life given. Do y'all realize something? Let's just take a moment and pause and think about this. Do we realize that we have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead? Now catch this. Raised him from, he was dead. Y'all, there was no life there. But there was a raising power that was above death. And that same power that raised him from the dead and brought life back into the dead. Do we not understand it's in us? And we're walking around here waiting on man. It's in you. It's in you. We're waiting on them to do something. But God said, if I'm in you and you in me, he said, I want to come out. He said, loose me. I want, oh. Y'all, we're still trying to do it ourselves. We're still trying to make it work ourselves. And the reason why is, let's just be honest. Some of us, the majority of us, don't trust God. Let's be honest. Come on, we got to confront what's holding us. We just have to be honest with ourselves. God, I can trust you in this area, but I can't trust you in that. God, I can trust you with this one, but I can't trust you with that one. 
Lord, I can trust you going here, but God, I can't trust you going there. Lord, I can trust you with my finances, but I can't trust you with my health. Lord, I can trust you with my children, but I can't trust you with my husband. Lord, I can trust you with my job, but I just can't trust. We have certain areas that we trust in God. We limit the maker. Because we, when we really say we trust in God, we say, God, is there anything too hard for you? Is there anything that you can't do that you already done? So the the question we need to ask ourselves is, God, why I don't really trust you? God, why I don't really trust you? I'm going to tell you why. He said, because you don't know me. We put so much trust in man because they have something before their name. And the Bible says that his name is above every name. But just because we cannot touch him, we go to man. Instead of going to God, that's not trust. Come on, let's quit trying to justify it. Because some people trying to justify it right now because I hear this stuff in my ear. People trying to justify, people trying to throw the word in. The word don't change. The word is what it is. We have to be in a place. This is why God is teaching you guys. Living by faith. Because everything you see now. The only way you're going to get through it is trusting God. There's no other way. And I'm going to say this. I don't care what they mix up, conjure up. It can't save you. And some of us waiting on them, just stick me with the needle and I'll be all right. If you don't know you all right before they get you your vaccine, you ain't going to be all right with it. Come on, let's talk about it. Come on, y'all. People getting mad already. Because what people are praying for is bring on the vaccine. Show them how to to, to conjure it up. Show them what to do with the vaccine. But God is above that. Y'all, my heart is hurting. And I know it's the heart of God. My heart is crying out. Because I'm seeing so many Christian folks compromise and what they supposed to be believing come on all of us got some areas that we need work on don't get me wrong but the only way those areas are going to get where they need to be and if you are not going in the word in the area that you weak in you're going to stay there but god don't want you to stay there because your kingdom kingdom rules over all God's supposed to get the glory through it all. No matter what comes comes your way, God's supposed to be glorified in it. And if you're not in his word, and if you're not taking your medicine, this is your medicine. And if we're not taking this medicine, you don't get the health from it. You don't get the life from it. God does not, he'd have to have his word. This is how he operate. 
There's no other way he operates. Everything that he need for you to be whole is right here. He fixed it over 2,000 years ago for us. He made it ready for us even before there was a us. God made it available for us. So I want to ask y'all, when are we going to really grab hold? When are we really going to grab hold? God don't want us to die like this. No, he doesn't. God want people to know until people get to the point to know that he's God, this pandemic will be here. God is waiting on them to throw up their hands. Christian folks too. And say, God, I can't fix this. I don't care how many masks I wear. I don't care how much sanitizer I put on. I don't care how many chairs, whatever I wipe down. God, that's not going to fix it. The only thing that has fixed it, has already fixed it. When are we going to really be subject to the word? When are we really going to take the word for what it is, y'all? This is our lifeline. And if we don't get into here, we will die. We will die even though we have the life-giving source in us. We will die without the word. The Bible says man don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of This is how we live. And it takes faith in the word, not in you, not in me, not in man, but in the word. Man didn't create you. Man can't go but so far. And once they exalted everything that they can exalt through medicine, through rods and through bolts and through screws and through all of this to put you back together like Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. But then he fell off the wall. And what did it say? Say it again. Are you a Humpty Dumpty? Because you got things in your life that psychiatrists can't fix you. Medicine can't fix you. Humpty Dumpty, they said, Humpty Dumpty say, you can't help me. You can't put me back together again. But Jennifer, I know a man who created me no matter how many times I fall. When I cry out to my Lord, my God, the self-existing one, he picks me up. When are we going to realize that it ain't through man, it's through God. God uses man. But man got to be ready for God to use. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify you. We magnify you in this place. We thank you for allowing us to come together in fellowship. God, we don't take it lightly, God. You have given us another opportunity, God, to come together, to exalt you, to praise you, to magnify you. God, and we're so grateful. We're so thankful for that, God. So, God, we thank you, God. We thank you, God, that we can come and get your word, the word of life to feed us, to keep us. 
throughout the day, throughout the week, God. We're so grateful, God, that you have given us this opportunity to come, God, and to dwell amongst us, God. And we thank you, God, that you're in the midst of us on today, God. Your presence is here, God, because your presence have come in here with us, God. So we release your presence, God, in the midst of us. And by releasing your presence, God, through praise, through worship, through the word, God, healing is here, God. Everything that we need is here right now. We can stop looking, God, because we already have it, God. So we thank you for what we already have. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for walking alongside of me today. Thank you for being our teacher, our helper, our comforter. Thank you for revealing unto us. Thank you for bringing the word back to our remembrance. I need you today, Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of me. I give you glory, I give you honor, and I give you praise on today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Today, we're still talking about living by faith. And I don't know about y'all, but each time that. Um, this is being taught is teaching me how to live by faith the just shall live by faith amen so we're going to go a little bit further we're still talking about living by faith but I want to talk a little bit more on go with me to Genesis the Genesis 45 and let's look at verse 5 through 8 and let's hear what God want to say unto us on today because this is God's word I am just an instrument that God is using to bring forth his word, and I don't take that lightly. So, Lord, I thank you for using me. Genesis 45. Let's begin at verse 5. Genesis 45, beginning at verse 5. And let's hear what Joseph is saying unto his brothers. It says here in Genesis 45, verse 5, he said, Now, therefore, be not grieved. That means to not to be in anguish, nor angry with yourselves, that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life, to save people's lives. That's what preserve means. For these two years have the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall neither be earring nor harvest. And God, and this is what he said in verse 7, so God sent me here ahead of you, to make sure you have some descendants left, preserve a remnant for you on earth and to keep you alive in an amazing way, a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God, and he have made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. We're still talking about, you may be seated, we're still talking about living by faith, but God keeps adding to the teachings that we're getting on living by faith. And what he has given me is in due time. In due time. So by us living by faith, there is a due time. There's an appointed time that God does some things. So we have to wait on his appointed time. Look at your neighbor and say, stop getting in a hurry. Say, wait on the Lord. Say, did you hear me? Wait. I say, on the Lord. Stop getting in a hurry. 
God has you in this for such a time as this. In due time. Don't get in a hurry. In due time. At the appointed time. In due season. You're going to see the plan and purpose of God. Isn't God good, y'all? When you spend time with God, and I know all of us spend time with God. I'm not the only one, so I had to put that out there because sometimes the enemy use people and get and they get mad, just like Korah and Abiram and um, all the rest when, you know, they said, you think you're the only one that spend time with God. I'm not the only one. I believe it's a lot of people that do spend time with God, but in my time with God, I don't only spend time for me, I spend time for you. And I ask God, you know, what do you want for your people? Because let me tell you something. I have learned, and I learned this on a daily basis. I have to die to me. Because me, myself, and I pop up all the time. I don't know about you. I pop up before myself all the time. And I have to just get myself in a place to say, listen here. It ain't about you today. It's about him. That's why I always say I've been crucified. I have to remind myself on a daily basis that I have been, not going to be, y'all, I have been crucified with Christ. And if you mind, remind yourself on a daily basis, God, is no longer I that live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and who died for me. So my life is not about me no more. It's all about him. So every day, regardless of how I feel, I have to say, Father, it's not about me. God, it's all about you. God, what would you have for me to do today? Because this is the day that you have made. God, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it. Even though I don't feel like rejoicing today, even though I woke up and everything is coming to attack me, God, I'm going to give you glory because you're the only one that can help me. We got to get to the point to know God is really not about me. It's all about you. And when we realize that, then we deny in ourselves of what we want, our desires. We're denying ourselves of all of these things and saying, God, I want to live my life according to you and not according to me. See, when we're dealing with me, myself, and I, y'all, that's a lot to deal with because by your age, you've been here maybe for so many years. I ain't going to name out the years, but all of us got some years behind us, right? And when we focus on us so much, we're worried about what is the next birthday going to bring. What's going to happen in this year and happen in that year? I don't know about y'all, but I forget my age. My husband and my children have to remind me how old I am. And sometimes I fuss at them and say, no, that's not my age. Because I don't think about my age. I don't. I just go on and when you sit there and think about your age and you think about the gray hairs coming in, we're supposed to give God glory for all of that. We still hear gray hairs and all. Y'all should be giving God glory. Even though my hair is gray, God, I'm going to give you some glory because I'm still here. But we get upset when we see too many. Because we want people to know I still got it, but don't let the color wear off, right, Kim? Because when it wear off, people really know what you're made of. 
You can cover it up all you want to. See, that's what they tried to do. They tried to cover sin, but sin kept coming back. But when Jesus finally stepped in, he done away with sin. And Jesus said, guess what, boys? I don't have to stand up no more to deal with it. I'm going to sit down at the right hand of my father and he said by me sitting down I'm taking you with me so get your mind off of you put your mind on me the one who saved you the one who delivered you I'm the only one that could help you you couldn't help yourself I had to come down off my throne to save everybody not just one but everybody now look how the world is so divided We have so many divides in this world. Jesus saved us from all of that. I want y'all to remember this. No matter what's going on with the voting, no matter what's going on around you with the violence, with the pandemic, we have a lot going on, don't we? You're supposed to know who you are. You're supposed to know your identity. Your identity is in him. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's who you look to him. You don't look to no one else but him. So when somebody asks you a question, you answer according to him, not according to them. We're answering too much according to how we feel. It ain't about you. It's all about him. So I need to know how many really laid down their lives for him. The Bible said, whoever put their hand to the plow and look back is not worthy for what? The kingdom. So once you put your hand to the plow, once you're ready to go to work for him, you don't look back like Lot's wife on what the world is doing because she turned into a pillar of salt. God said, I don't want you to look back. I want you to keep moving forward. We talked about moving forward. He don't want you motionless. He wants you to keep moving forward. He said, my people stop every time they hear something. They stop moving for me. Every time something coming on the scene, they're worried about what's coming on in me. Then seeking me without faith. It's impossible. Impossible. To please God. He said those that come to him. Must know that he is. That he exists. And he's a rewarder of those. Listen of those. Who diligently seek him. And when we're diligently seeking him. We're not seeking anything else. Because he said seek ye first. The kingdom of God. And his righteousness. His way of doing things. And guess what? All of these things shall be added unto you. So when we get our seeking right, we will see all of these things being added unto us. So what is God saying now in due time dealing with living by faith? Because as you live by faith, you're going to go through some things. And when it's due time, you're going to understand what you went through It's to get you where God is taking you. Some of us don't want to go through nothing. That's the problem. As long as we're here on this earth, y'all, we're going to go through some stuff. 
You own an earth that's filled with sin. And sometimes people say, why do you keep going over these things over and over again? I know them. Let me give you a verse of scripture. Go with me to Second Peter. That's pride right there too. Pride is talking. Because sometimes people don't want to hear the same thing over again. They think, I done got past that. Uh-huh. I done got past that. If you got past that, start living the way the word needs for you to live. Listen at what Peter said in verse 12, 2 Peter verse 1, chapter 1, verse 12. He said, wherefore, I will, be not, I will not be negligent to put you always in remember of these things, remembrance of these things. Though you know them and to be established in the present truth. So what he's saying is he's putting them in remembrance of these things, though you know them. God puts us in remembrance of these things to remind us what we have in him. When we look at the Old Testament, these are examples of things that they went through to help us get through what's happening here and now, y'all. And what we got to understand is I may not go through the way daddy went through when he was growing up. Help me, somebody. I may not have seen what daddy saw when he was growing up. None of my aunts saw. None of my cousins saw that's older than I am. I may not have seen it or been through it. But guess what? I'm going through stuff now. So either way, we all going through. Because guess what, y'all? Even things that's happening now, it happened back then, but it's happening in a different way, but it's still coming our way. We still experiencing what our daddies and mamas experience may not be in the same way, but we still experiencing it. So everybody's going to have an experience because it's going to go from generation to generation. Our children is going to go through some things that maybe we didn't go through, but they're going to go through. This is what we have to understand. Everybody go through different things differently, but guess what? What has yet been? It's right now. That's what Solomon was talking about. So they may went through in another way way back then. But we're going through now in the same way. It's just a different way. And it may be as hard as they went through. But we're going through. The whole point is. All of us are going through something. I may be going through something that you're not going through. But I'm going through. You may be going through something I'm not going through, but you're going through. But God has given us what we need to get through what we're going through, but he ain't going to take you out of it because he said it's going to make you stronger in me. It's going to make you kneel before me. It's going to make you call on me. I'm not going to take you out of it. I'm going to give you strength to get through it. Some of y'all begging God, take me out. God said, no. Because my son prayed before he came to me. God, don't take him out. He was praying that we'll be able to get through what's going on around us. He said, in this world, y'all didn't catch it. You're going to have tribulations. You're going to have trouble. What, what do you think? Are you in this world? If you're in it, you're going to have this. Do you read your Bible? 
Do you think you're not going to have tribulation, no worry, no trouble? Do you think that you're just going to live a joyful life all the time? Yes, in him you are. But you're still going to have these things coming at you. If they're not coming at you, they're coming at your husband, your wife, your children, your money, your job. They're going to come. But he said, be of a good cheer. Be of a good courage. He said, why? Because I'm the overcomer. Your faith overcomes the world. And the faith you have in me. That's what overcome these things. So why are we sitting down at the dinner table shaking our head? Worried about tomorrow. And when the Bible says, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care. I'm going to give you each day your daily bread. I'm going to give you what you need in this day. Why are you trying to get more than what you need in this day? That's why you're so worried because you can't keep what you accumulate. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be citizens of the kingdom. But you know why we're never satisfied? Because we have not come to realize That our completion is not in what we have. We are complete in him. The more we get, the more we want because it's never enough. The more we get, the more we want. If we go in the grocery store, come on, all of us, thank God for Jesus. We go in there to get one thing of ragu sauce. By the time you go to the aisle to get one thing of ragu sauce, they got two for three dollars. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to get two. The the enemy, no. I'm going to make you want more. I'm going to make you accumulate. I'm going to, and come on, don't go where there's a sale and belts now. Hmm. You telling me I can get all this for this? Bring it on. Because we're never satisfied. But check this. When you get it home and you look at it for just a little while, it ain't what you thought. It was. Every desire you had for that, you lost. It's just a pocketbook. It's just new makeup. It's just this because once all that wear off and nobody is complimenting you no more on your clothes, on your pocketbooks, on your jewelry, now you got to find other things. To get complimented for because flesh is never satisfied. That's why you get your satisfaction in him. And when you get your satisfaction in him, it doesn't matter what people get. You're satisfied with what you have. Come on, we don't even get satisfied with our husbands or our wives. Because when we go and see another woman or another man that look more shapely than what you got or look more buff than what you got, you're not satisfied with the belly. You're not satisfied with all the thickness no more. Now you want them to lose weight. You begin to say it in a subtle way. Baby, you don't need that. You don't want your blood pressure to go up. Ain't about no blood pressure. It's about what you saw last night. And you're trying to make that woman out of an image that you saw last night. So you want to make her feel good and thinking it's about her health, but it's about 
your lust never satisfied. We're satisfied with our children as long as they're above everybody else. But when somebody else get above them, we're not pushing them up no more. We're telling them, you got to do more. We're never satisfied. We have our children in a place that God told us to put them in a place, but the devil coming there with some other parent and telling you what their kids are doing, where they are. Now we want to pull them out of where God, oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying, because we want them to be above that's pride. But you got to know the plan that God has for their life and that plan. Come on, Joseph. I'm going to tell y'all about Joseph. You got to know the plan that God has for their lives. You got to quit putting them in places because you want to be seen. You want to be attached to. You want to be heard. It ain't about you. It's about him. Don't pull your kids out of a place that God has them because you're looking at where somebody else is. Come on. Quit comparing apples with oranges because oranges and apples taste different. Some people prefer an apple. Some people prefer an orange. I prefer both. Because I need what both have. So we got to understand that we have to be in the place that God want us to be. We got to close our ears to what everybody else is doing and say, God, you know the thoughts that you have towards me. You know what I need to be doing. This is, this is why when you're watching television, what do you see? Lies, lies, lies. You see actors up there acting like they're so in love. You see them buying these women all kind of things and all of a sudden what your mate doing never good enough. Why? Because the enemy put these things before us because he don't want us to be satisfied. Go back to Genesis, y'all. They went paradise. Nothing missing, nothing broken. They were complete spirit, soul, and body. They had life around them. Then the enemy come in and made Eve think, you don't have enough. There's more and God don't want you to have it. So just eat from this tree. They took away what brought life. The enemy is trying to take away Life, and this is what life comes from, the word of God. You have to connect with the word to the life that's in you in order for God to operate through you. That's why he's pulling you out of your word and got you focused more on pandemic, more on what's going on around you than what has already been. What has already been is coming around again. Mine Shirley had sent me something way back when they had to wear masks too. Way back when. What has already been is now. They got through it. You know how they got through it? I believe it was through the word. And we act like this right here is strange to us. We act like if we don't do what they say do, we're going to die in this pandemic. Just go and die. Because everything that they tell you is not going to fix it. 
It'll help. Oh, people get mad right now. If man would realize and come to Jesus and realize we can't fix this. If you go through your word when they said they couldn't do it and they cried out to God, God stepped in. Go, Y'all, what's happening to following through with the word of God? We're not following through with the word. We're going on what man is saying. We're going on what they believe instead of what we should be believing. So let's talk about Joseph a little bit. Why am I going to Joseph? Because the Lord told me to take you back there. And even though you say you know about Joseph, you're going to know more about Joseph today. So when we look at Joseph, Joseph was 17 years old. Let's look where Joseph come from. Joseph come from, who was it, Rebecca? Was it Rebecca? Okay, you know, there was war going on between Rebecca and who? Leah, right? Rebecca wanted children, but her womb was shut up. Let me tell you something. God was going to open it up, but it was going to be in due time. See, we got to understand God has a timing. God timing like our time. So God had a timing for Rebecca because Joseph had to come on the scene at the right time. Look at your neighbor and say at the right time. Say, you may not have a husband right now. Say, but it's at the right time. Come on, let's tell them again. You may not have a husband right now, but it's at the right time. Say, you may not have a wife right now. Say, but it's at the right time. Say, because God know what's in you. Say, you may not have no children right now, but it's the right time. So here go Rebecca. Y'all know she only had two, really, by her husband, for real, which was Joseph and Benjamin, right? But it was at the right time. So when Joseph and Benjamin come forth, we know Rebecca died. So we see that Jacob loved um, those two children and Joseph more because of Rebecca. Remember how he loved Rebecca so much? He waited actually 14 years what man does that? <laughs> a man of God. Y'all wasn't too quick to answer. A true man of God, women will wait on you before they want to lay down. Hello? Hello? They, a true man of God going to go on the word of God and not going to force you to do nothing. Love don't do that. Love say, I'm willing to wait, even if this waiting is staying away from you so I won't be looking at you. So we see what happened. So she had Joseph. She died. So here is Jacob with Joseph. He made him a coat of many colors. God come to Joseph. He gave him a dream. And when he gave him the dream, Joseph spoke the dream. Speak those things that be not as though they were. And when you begin to speak according to what God has given you, you're going to have some jealousy and it's going to start in the family. Let's talk. Come on, we got sisters and brothers against each other. Come on, it's family. So we see that he began to tell his dream and the dream basically was telling them that I'm going to be ruler over you guys. So he told them that they were very angry with him 
because of his dream. Then he told his, his daddy about the dream and his daddy began to look at Joseph in a different way. But this did not stop Joseph from proclaiming the word, from proclaiming what God had for Joseph's life. So y'all know what happened in the picture? Joseph went out to meet his brethren, to find his brethren, to find out what they were doing. And this is what they said. Here come the dreamer. See, what the enemy does, he has an appointed time too. The enemy going to kill you flat out, y'all. He's not going to do that. The enemy have to get stuff, build up in people so they can kill you. So he built all this up in his brothers coming against their brother, Joseph. So when they saw him coming, they said, look here, here comes that dreamer. Then they begin to say, let's slay him, let's kill him, and let's see what become of his dreams. See, the enemy wanted to kill him because, see, the enemy already knew God got something for Joseph, but I'm going to stop Joseph before he get what God has. Y'all don't get it. What, what am I telling you? You may be hated by loved ones, the ones that say they love you, sisters and brothers, the ones that's right in your house because you're talking about what God is showing you and they're telling you, oh, shut up, get out of my face. you always talking about this stuff ain't going to happen. So they're mad because you're telling them what God is showing you. So their plan was to kill him, but they threw him in a pit And one of the brothers, that was his plan. I'll leave him in the pit, but then I'll take him out and take him back home to our dad. But see, they literally wanted to kill him. But before he got back, guess what they did? They sold him off. Y'all, it was all part of God's plan. It didn't look like it was part of God's plan. It looked like, God, I thought you said. But look at your neighbor again, say at the appointed time. At the right time. Say, don't lose hope. Say, no matter what it looked like, no matter what it appeared to be, God's got an appointed time. God got someone standing in the gap for the appointed time. Look at here. All the brothers that he had, God chose Joseph. Tell your family, don't get mad at me because God chose me. Say, because it ain't only for me, it's to save you. Oh my goodness, come on, don't get mad at me because God chose me. Don't get mad at me because God chose me to carry his word before he chose you. Don't get mad at me because God put me behind the pulpit. Don't get mad at me because you don't know what I got to go through to get to where God is taking me. Don't get mad at me. You don't know the roads I have traveled. Don't get mad at me. You don't know how long I stayed in the pit. You don't know how long darkness was covering me. But I had a word. You don't know when I was in the pit. It was dark. I felt empty. I felt like I was alone. My parents weren't there. My sisters and brothers weren't there. But I was there in a place that I knew. God, if you don't bring me God, you promised me. Y'all got to get to the place. You can't look to family. God gets you to a place where you can't call on family. 
Because God said, where I'm taking you, you got to see me and see me only. You can't see your daddy. You can't see your husband. You can't see your children. You can't see congregation. I want you to myself. Because I got to use you. Some of y'all say you want to be used. But you can't even die to yourself to go out and tell them about Jesus. Some of you say you want to be used, but you don't want to go through nothing. Joseph was in that pit. Knowing that his brothers put him in that pit. He's supposed to have been full of so much hate. For those brothers. How can they throw me in a pit? That's, that's what blood. We have the same daddy. Maybe we come from different mamas, but we have the same daddy. But he remembered what God said every time the enemy wanted to put it before him. God said, you're going to be a ruler, Joseph. Hold on, Joseph. Love those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. So Joseph was holding on. He remembered that promise that God had given him. And all of a sudden, God sent the Ishmaelites. Come on, y'all know Ishmaelites is coming from Ishmael. That's coming from Abraham. So see what Joseph had learned. Y'all, what God told Abraham, I'm going to bless those who bless you. I'm going to curse those who curse you. Abraham, I'm going to raise up a nation through your seed. He had to remember all that in the pit. And say, God, if you did it for Abraham. God, you're going to do it for me. So they pulled him out and they sold him off to the Ishmaelites. And the Bible said they sold him for 20 pieces of silver. Silver means redemption. Jesus got sold for 30. He He paid the price to redeem us. Joseph was paying the price to redeem God's people. So after they sold him off, He was in Potiphar's house. The devil still went through with him, y'all. Don't y'all know? This is what God said. Look at your neighbor and say, in the appointed time. Say, at the appointed time. It's Rachel, not Rebecca. Thanks for clearing that up. Rachel, see what I'm saying, y'all? Y'all heard me say, Rebecca, and I asked you, I don't know how many times was it Rebecca. And you sit right there. Honey, boo, did you send me this note through somebody else? See there? See, they help. But y'all knew what I was saying, right? Thank you, Jesus. Because some people were saying, they'll mess up the whole message. She said, Rebecca, it was Rachel. Anywho, getting back to where I was. So look at this. He was in that house with... Potiphar's wife. Y'all, I want to tell you what God said during this time. I have to go back because y'all is mm-mm good. So listen at what he was saying to him while he was in the house. It said in chapter 39 of Genesis 39, it said in verse 2, and the Lord was with Joseph. Say, the Lord was with Joseph. Say, the Lord was with Joseph. Say, if he's with Joseph, he's with you. Say, if he was with Joseph, 
He's with you. And he was a prosperous man. Guess why he was prosperous? Because the Lord was with him. Y'all get it? He was prosperous. He was successful. Y'all, that's in every area. Because God was with him. And it says a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. So even though you are in this world, you're not of this world, but God is making you successful because he's with you. But listen at this. This is the catch. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. Go back up to that verse. The Lord was with Joseph, right? But then the master saw the Lord was with Joseph. Y'all got to catch it. The Lord was with Joseph. And then who saw that the Lord was with Joseph? Okay, this is where I'm going. If the Lord is with you, somebody's supposed to know it. Let's just see law on this a little bit. Say, neighbor, if the Lord is with you, somebody's supposed to know it. Can I tell y'all something? What people know in the day through the church that the pandemic is here. And we're showing it. Oh, y'all quiet on me now? Go ahead and think about it. I pray the light come on. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all. Listen at this, y'all, not one thing. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hands. That means to be successful in Joseph's hands. Everything that Joseph put his hands to was blessed because God wanted the Egyptians to know, I'm with this man. No matter what you do, you're going to see my hand upon him. No matter what this pandemic brings, people supposed to see God's hands upon us. People supposed to see a difference in us. People don't supposed to see us talking what the world is talking and doing what the world is doing. We supposed to say, fact is, there is COVID-19 out here. But truth is, he has overcome COVID-19. We don't supposed to be going back and forth. Yes, it is here. You better make sure you got your mask. Better make sure you wipe your hands. You better make sure, you better make sure, you better make sure. Yes, we take precautions. We do what the government says, but we don't put it over God. God's kingdom rules over. So listen at this. So he was in the house. He was prospering. Don't y'all know when success is in your hands, when God is moving in your life, you can expect persecution. You can expect opposition. You can expect trouble on every side. Because if God is moving in your life, the enemy got to come and shut it down. He got to shut it down because he want to be exalted above God. So he got to use somebody to shut you down, to make you look like you ain't successful, to make you look like that God ain't doing nothing. So guess who he used? He used Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife saw how handsome Joseph was. How built Joseph was. She said, I got to tap into that. So she thought, okay, I want this man that's going to come after me like an ox. That's what she thought. So this is what Joseph told her. Y'all, this is why you got to know the word. Verse 7 says, 6, and he left all that he had in Joseph's hands. 
What person does that? You know why he did that? Because he knew God was prospering him. So he gave him everything, put all in his hands. But then it says, and he knew not aught he had saved the bread which he did, and he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had saved the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a godly, goodly person and well-favored. And it came to pass after these things, his master wife cast his eyes upon Joseph, and she said, lie with me. Listen what he said. But he refused. Wow. That's a man. It said this man, I'm going to prove something right now. You know what people say today? If he's a man, he's going to lay with that woman. Is that what people tell you? If he's a man, he's going to lay with that woman. If he don't lay with that woman, he gay. He's young. He, he got to do what God created him. Somebody ain't in their word. Men and women do have natures in it, things in them that want to drive them to do stuff, right? That's your flesh because the sin nature died. That part of you died. The part of you that controlled you, that drove you to sin, that really had you when the Bible said, do not do this, that sin nature rose up in you and said, do it, do it, do it. You won't get caught. But the Bible says here, I got King James Version. It says, but he refused and said unto his master wife, behold, my master want not what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he have to my hands. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither have he kept back anything from me but you. But my Bible said thee. Because thou art his how then can I do this great wickedness? Wick, you hear what he said? Wickedness. He didn't say sin against his master. He said sin. Oh my goodness. I believe God has helped some people in this house. Especially some people that's watching and some people that is lusting in their heart even to go into a woman. You already committed adultery. Because if you see in yourself in the bed with the woman, you already broke those vows. Man, woman, whoever. Don't say, I didn't sleep with that woman or that man. You did it in your mind. It's in your heart. It's in your heart. So you already done it. So just repent and go and sin no more. And get it out of you through the word of God. So y'all see what happened here, right? He wouldn't do it. So what did that devil do? As, as, as Sister Annie said, that devil. What did he do? He said, okay, I'll fix you. Since you won't lay with me, I'm going to fix you. What did she do? Joseph ran for his life. Why? I want to ask you something, men and women of God. Why do you stand there when you're giving the word of God and you're standing there to get more tempted? Didn't the Bible say flee what? What does flee mean? No, it don't. Flee means stand right there and say, bring it on, baby. Bring it on, man. I'm going to let you know how much I can take. You being tempted. He ran. When he ran, she took something from him. And verse 18 said, it came to pass as I lifted up my voice and cried that he left the garment with me and fled out. She has some proof. 
And guess what happened? Joseph's master put him in prison. But guess what, y'all? Look at your neighbor and say, prison can't hold God. Say, prison can't hold God. If God brought him out of the pit, he's going to bring him out of the prison. It said, but the Lord was with who? Say, if the Lord is with Joseph, the Lord is with me. And showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Look how much favor he gave him, y'all. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Okay. In the pit. He was there. God brought him out of the pit. Then he got in Potiphar's house. Everything was placed in his hands. Everything prospered in his hands. He was very successful. The enemy was mad. The enemy used the wife. That wife lied on Joseph, so he got put in prison. But even in prison, God gave him favor. He showed him mercy. Everything in his hands still prospered. What else do you need to know? So whatever place that you're in, if you're in God's hands, no matter what place you're in, you're going to succeed because you're in God's hands. Even though it may look dark, even though it looks like it's no way to come out, you need to say, God, I'm going to succeed because I'm in your hand. It is something that you're doing that I don't quite know anything about yet, but I know I'm in your hands because you're giving me favor in prison. The Bible says that 11 years passed, Joseph was 28 years old when the baker and the butler come to prison. 28, God, why do you want to do me like this? I was 17. Now here I am, 28 years old, and I'm in prison. I spent 11 years in prison. God, what are you doing? I'm in prison for 11 years, but God, you gave me a promise. So God, I'm not going to question you no more. I'm just going to submit to you right here in this prison. Whatever you want me to do, God, I'll do it. So God sent the baker and the butler to prison. They began to dream. Joseph began to tell them about their dreams. And then it said, two years passed. He told one of them, and I'm going to get it right. He said, don't forget about me. He told the butler, yet did the chief butler remember Joseph but forgot him. He told him, don't forget about me. Come on, how many of y'all, when you're going through and you're in your dark place, and you're helping so many, and you already know the outcome of what's going to happen to them because God already told you what to tell them. God told Joseph the dreams. So Joseph knew, man, you're going to be set back in position. Don't you forget about me. Said at the appointed time. Two more years passed. By then, Joseph was 30 years old. He was still in prison. But one day, God gave Pharaoh. Oh, I'm going to get there. Y'all know Pharaoh represents the devil. But Pharaoh was a king. And everybody honors the king. Come on, we can even have a devil in place. But when God get a hold to that devil's heart, when God showed that man or that woman something that they can't figure out, Something that the ones that's up under them can't figure out. He turns to the one that has the answer. Y'all better catch this. No matter where people are sitting, no matter what place they're in, when you begin to call on the Lord, 
When you begin to pray, when you begin to seek his face, God will take and turn their hearts for such a time as this. So guess what? Two years passed. Here it is, Joseph, uh, the, the butler. He remembered Joseph. Y'all know the baker. He died just like Joseph said. But then he remembered Joseph and he told him, this is the man that can interpret this dream. Now, the pit, the prison, and now Joseph going to the palace. So Joseph interpreted the dream. Where did he go? He went to the palace. What am I saying to you? God said, you don't want to wait on your due time. God said, I have preserved a remnant of men and women for such a time as this to stand and decree and declare my word to help you get through what's going on in the here and now. And some people don't even respect who God sent. I'm going to say it again. God has preserved him a remnant for such a time as this to tell you what's yet to come. Come on, I'm going to go here too. People say, well, we have an anointing. We have the Holy Spirit. We don't need no man to teach us. Come on, that's out of order, out of line. That ain't what the word says. You have the Holy Spirit to teach you all things, but he puts you up under. The fivefold, so you can come in here and get taught, so you can fellowship, so you can learn more through the word of God, so you can go out and be a disciple. Yes, the Holy Spirit would teach you, but as he's teaching you, he will put you up under somebody to verify what you're getting taught, so there won't be no error, so you won't be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. That's what the fivefold is about. Sometimes we act like we know stuff and don't know nothing. That's when you begin to know when you say, I don't know. So, we see Joseph went to a level of authority that God took him to. But God waited to win the appointed time. God waited to win the appointed time. What was God doing to Joseph? Showing Joseph how to trust him until that due time. He had to get Joseph ready for that due time. Some of y'all don't want to wait to the due time. You got to live by faith until that due time. Until God gets you to the place. Until he take out of you what you have deposited in you that's not of God. God said, I see your rebellion. I see your stubbornness. I see your hardened heart. I see your jealousy. I see your doubt. I see your unbelief. I see all of this stuff. And I can't use you like that. He'll use you, but you won't be able to be used the way he want to use you. He said, I see your heart. I know where your heart is. You saying one thing with your lips. He said, but your heart is far from me. So Joseph had to go through, y'all. He had to go through until that due time. But guess what God was doing? Even in the place that Joseph was in, God was protecting Joseph. Why? He was protecting his word, the word he had given Joseph. And as long as he held on to the word, to the promise, he was coming out. Sometimes we can have delays, but God is not going to deny. Those delays are through our rebellion. It's through our stubbornness. 
is through us doing things that God didn't tell us to do. So anything you open the door for, you're going to have to go through it. And when you're going through it, God said, I'm going to be right there with you, even though you made the mistake. I'm going to be there to bring you out so you won't go back through that door no more. He said, you got to choose you this day. Whom you going to serve? You got to make a choice in your mind to say, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. We're his house. We're his temple. Y'all, without him, we are nothing. When are we going to realize without God, we are nothing. God is the one that blesses the works of our hands. Everything that our hands do, when we do it unto the Lord, we're successful in everything that we do because we're doing it unto the Lord. Y'all, my husband, I tell you the truth, I know God has blessed the work of his hands because he'll pick up one thing and next thing I know that's working. Then he'll get another one. Next thing I know that's working. I said, let me pull back these rings a little bit. Because every time you grab hold of something, you're going after it like an ox. Come on, y'all, before I can open my eyes in the morning, 5 o'clock, by 12, he done cut seven yards by himself. And I'm like, okay, how many more you say you got? He said, I'm finished. And I just started to get deep with Jesus. Because he had a made-up mind. He didn't let pandemic stop him. Because why he's crossing all of these paths and he's so successful, guess what? He's bringing home to mama <laughs> what people have placed in his hand. He say, I got something on the trailer for you. So what you got? Had me a big swing out there, one of them iron rod swings, two of them chairs. He said, only thing I got to do is paint it, paint it, baby, paint it. God's blessing the works of his hands. He said, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll just, um, don't charge you for the yard. They, you know, the, the son was making a deal with him about the furniture, about the stuff. And he said, well, just don't charge us next time. The mother come outside and say, no, just take it. The favor of the Lord is upon us. Why? Because God has saved us in such a time as this for you. When we were talked about, when we was ridiculed, when we were supposed to throw in the towel, when people said we was robbing from Peter to pay Paul, we stood when it was nothing in the house to eat, when our children was gone without, God saved us for such a time as this. So you got under Joseph's hands in Egypt they got through the famine God had no respectable person because you know why he sent Joseph in there because it was a 911 it was an emergency 
God said, I had to send somebody in there doing that emergency. Before the emergency took place, I had to send somebody in there that was ready to do all I required at their hands. And Joseph saved those that was in Egypt. But then here's the big test, y'all. Here's the big test. His brothers. All of us brothers and sisters. His brothers. The ones that supposed to have loved him. Put him in a pit. Sold him to Egypt. Guess what, y'all? They sold him to a place, apostle. Another world. Really? That he wasn't familiar with. That wasn't Joseph's way of living. But you know what the Bible told me when I got to that point? God said, this is why you got to train up a child. In the way he shall go. So when he get old, no matter what situation it is, he won't depart from the way you trained him. He may cut the food, act the food. But if you raised him the right way, it's going to come back to his head. That's not what my mama said. This is so funny. Y'all know I pick on Willie over there in the corner. He said, oh, Lord. See, you know how to call on the Lord when I call his name. See what I'm saying? I I pick on Willie. I get on Willie. Why? Because I know what God has in Willie. So if I call Willie or my husband go, oh, Lord, that's what he say. Oh, Lord. Willie's way older than I am. But God don't look at age. Right, Willie? So Willie was telling me the other day he was doing something. And the only thing he can do was hear me in his head. <laughs> that's what a mother do for her children. And when you're hearing somebody in your head, you're going to do or you're not going to do what you're hearing. That's why we have to train up our children while they're in here, in the womb. And then when they come out the womb, we keep training. So no matter what situation they get in, they're going to remember what mama, what daddy said. That's not the way, uh uh-uh, I can't go with you. I can't go over there. Mom and daddy say, I can't go. It's so funny, y'all, when me and my husband went, our children, we didn't let them watch Scooby-Doo because Scooby-Doo produced fear. So when we let them go to daddy's house, now that's their grandparents, and they just turn on cartoons. So when the cartoons come on, daddy didn't know nothing about no Scooby-Doo, where are you? He didn't know nothing about that. They just turn on cartoons. I know daddy didn't know nothing about no Scooby-Doo, where are you? He didn't. He just turned on cartoons. You know, grandparents want to satisfy the kid. Go and turn them tunes on. He don't even know what they tunes on. They don't even know what channel they on, but they turn them on. And who was it that told you? Was it Ariel Jeremy? One of them told him, my mom and daddy don't let us watch that. See what I'm saying? Because that's the way they train. You see, in some children trained that know how to break it down more than you know how to break it down. You see, in some children trained how to taste beer, burr, smoke. 
You see, and some of them train how to cuss out their daddy, their mama. Disrespect them because daddy disrespect mama. Why can't I? The Bible said train them up. Joseph was trained the right way. He had to be trained even though he was in Egypt. He was trained the right way. So guess what? Through the way that Joseph was trained, when his brothers came to him, Joseph had to run off and cry. I believe Joseph had to run off and seek God while he could be found and get himself together and say, I could kill him right now. But God showed Joseph what to do. And Joseph played along with them for a while. He played along. But then it got to the point at the appointed time. Joseph not only saved those Egyptians, but he saved his family. But y'all check this out. You know what our problem is? We look more to our family than we look to anybody else. As long as my kids are right, my money all right, my household all right, you feel me or real. Make me no never mind. That's not how it's supposed to be. Joseph laid down his life just like Jesus for everybody. And when it was the appointed time, God saved them through the famine. He showed them how to gather before the famine. So when the famine came, they were living like it wasn't a famine. And guess what God had to do with them people? They had to give up some stuff, apostle. They had to bring stuff to Joseph that they didn't want to bring during that time. But God had to break them in. He had to say, you got to trust me with what you have. Bring it to him. Come on, church. We get to the point of somebody asks you for 50 cent now. You're struggling because coins are getting limited. Before you, you walk past a penny. Now you're going to see people on the ground fighting for the penny. Because they're bringing in a new world order. The only thing you're going to slide is a credit card. Come on, you go up to McDonald's now they say, you got the exact chain, huh? Go to Bojangles, they ain't got no change. They said, because the banks ain't get... Y'all better open up your eyes. How long have God been teaching this church? How many? How many have heard this? Before all this come, what was God telling you? And now you got some churches. But this is where people are. Some people are running from God instead of running to God. Y'all, what I was seeing in praise and worship, God was ministering to me. He said the churches, the real ones, is going to be so packed. People ain't going to have nowhere to sit because the only place they can run is to the church. There ain't going to be no other place that they can run. The place that they was running from, they're going to run to because they're going to realize nothing else is helping me. If I die, I'd rather die here. This is getting to this point. But if you don't open your eyes right now and live according to kingdom, you're going to be just like they are, dying every day. Because this is, this is what people go on. People go on knowledge of the world. God did set that in order. 
But he don't want that to be above him. That's why we have to say, God, thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of you. Let me tell you something. Jesus, when he came in on the scene, he he knew more than all the teachers. He was younger than they were. Even though they experienced a lot of things, he said, I haven't been through that. In the natural, I may not have been through what my aunt been through. But being that I'm in him, I can take her through something that she don't know that God has given me supernaturally. Yeah. It's not about your age. It's not about your age. See, people look at age. I respect, and you're supposed to respect elder people according to the word of God. You're supposed to give them respect. Your mother and your father, you give them respect. When you dishonor them, you shorten your days. I have respect, but I am not coming down on truth. I don't care how old you are. No, won't do it. I will respect you, but I am not coming down on what the word says, even though you despise me like Joseph was despised. I hear what you're saying, but that's not what the word says. And I'm going to go on what the word says. Now, this is what we're going to do. We're going to find out who's right and who's wrong. If God is right, come on his side. The word right here is written, y'all. Some people have... Messed up not wisdom and knowledge about the word. They don't have no revelation. They just got what's written, but ain't no revelation behind it. So they just taking one scripture, going on that one scripture. God said, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. You just took that and ran with it because you got happy, and that ain't what I'm saying. You took my word out of content to justify what you're doing. When the word said don't, it means don't. Don't say I did it because Teresa did it. That ain't what the word said. The word said don't. So Joseph made it through and he got them through and he forgave them. He had to forgive the very ones, y'all. God don't leave nothing toe up. Y'all hear me? He don't leave nothing toe up. No matter what people do to you, you still supposed to forgive them. What makes you think just because somebody done you wrong you don't supposed to forgive him. You don't supposed to talk to him no more. You ain't in him. Because if you ain't, you in flesh. Because the Bible tells you, you're going to reap what you sow. If you sow to your flesh, corruption, you're going to reap corruption. If you sow to your spirit, what? Righteousness, you're going to reap eternal life. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. If you reap corrupt, if you sow corruption, you're going to reap corruption. If you sow in the word of God, guess what you're going to do? You're going to reap life because it's life in the word. So what did Joseph do? He forgave them. Y'all, we got some unforgiveness in the room. People are saying, I forgive you, but I don't have to like you. When you forgive a person, the slate has been wiped clean. Now, you may still have some little bumps in the road where you remember what they done but that's when the renewing of the mind come in and you go through the word of God see this is this is what I tell people forgive them just as Christ forgave you 
If you cannot forgive them, then you're not forgiven. That means that you really didn't accept him. Let's, let's understand this. Yes, they done you wrong, but who have you done wrong? Yes, they hurt you, but who have you hurt? How long are you going to hold this against them? You have to loose that thing, and you have to let it go and say, God, I can't do this no more. You got to help me to love them with your love. That's what Joseph did, and he let them know. What you meant for my evil, God made it for my good. God is bringing out the remnants that have stood from the pit to the prison, and he's putting them in a palace, in a high place where people will say, now I know that there's a God, and God, they're seeing that God through you. They cannot see God through you if they're seeing pandemic and everything else before they're seeing him. God wants you to show them his mighty hand. And the only way you can do it is by spending time with your father, getting to know your father, living according to the way he does things. Y'all, God will have you up to show you some things. He will confirm his word. I was in the office last night and everything was just coming, just coming, just coming. I said, Lord, I don't know which way you want to take this, but right now my head is so full of stuff. Everything just coming, just coming, just coming. I just shut my Bible, went and took my shower, laid down. I said, everything just coming, Lord. I don't know which way you want to go, but I know there's a way you want to go and I'm going to walk in it. Whatever way you want to take me, Lord, for your people, it ain't about me, God. Y'all, as I laid down, the Lord just kept speaking, speaking. But then I turned on the TV. There was a Nigerian movie. My husband told me to turn it off because I can't understand them people. But can I tell y'all something? Let me tell you something. I can. You know how I can? Because he gave me a listening ear. I understand what they're saying even when you can't comprehend it. They saying something. They can fuss though. But anyway, I said, Lord, you something else. There were two sisters. There was a younger sister, older sister. The younger sister was jealous of the older sister. And the older sister said, why are you always trying to get me in trouble with our mother? You know what she told her? She said, because you're always the one that people like. You're always the one that boys are coming at because you're beautiful. And I'm going to do this to you and I'm going to do that to you. She said, wait, I'm your sister and I love you. And the girl got meaner and meaner. So she started lying on her sister. And the mom would believe the lie. But the sister always stayed sweet to her sister. One day, the sister saw her sister coming up with this rich man. The sister was in college. The man let her out the car. She shook his hand, went in the house. The sister was at the table telling the mom, Oh! Tell our mom who that man you got out the car with kissing on and hugging. She said, kissing on and hugging? She said, I did. And the mom said, you brought a man to my house? So the mom got her again. The girl got so jealous of her sister. Her sister wasn't home one day, and the same gentleman, he came to the house this time because it was very disrespectful to drop a girl off and not come to the house. 
So he came to the house. He said, was the sister home? She said, no. She said, oh, I shouldn't be telling you this. She's at a hotel with another man. And if you go to that hotel, you'll find her there. I'm sorry, I shouldn't tell you this, but my sister's basically a hoe. She meet men. He said, are you talking about the same? He said, she said, yes. So he gone about his business. The sister come up. She said, oh, you had a gentleman call her. And he told you to meet him at the hotel. She said, no, that's not like him. He wouldn't want me to meet him at the hotel. Well, I'm just telling you what he said. Now, you can go or you don't want to go. He said, meet him at the hotel. So while he at the hotel looking for her, he looked and he, she come into the hotel. So he hide behind the car. She goes in the hotel and he's like, okay, the sister's right. Next thing she find out, he sent her a note and he told her, forget about me. Don't talk about me. I don't want to hear nothing about you. You this, you that. She's crying. Sister set that up. So in their culture, you had to get married, I guess, at a certain age. So there was this rich man. And she agreed to marry him. Marry him had two children. Guess who she allowed to come to her house? She begged her husband, please let my sister come here. She has nowhere to go. Let her come here. Husband loved his wife dearly. Sister come up in the house, and the husband said, I, we don't need to bring family in this house. When you bring family in this house, things happen. We don't need to bring family in here. She said, no, she needs someone to say, please, please, please. He let her do it. Sister, come on up in the house, y'all. And she was jealous over her sister because the husband and the wife had such a good relationship. She would have the food ready. The kids was on point. They prayed. They did everything together. So she got jealous of the sister because the husband was buying the sister a car and everything. She got jealous. Guess what she did to her sister? She poisoned her. She killed her very sister. So this is what she told the husband. Let the children stay with us. We need to take care of the children. You can't take care of the children. This was her plan. Children stayed with the mother. She stayed with him. One day he come out the room. She lay in there looking all sexy like she sleep. Left the door open. Y'all know what happened. He ended up sleeping with her several times. She got in his mind. The two kids with the mother and said, did our dad abandon us? He don't love us no more. We're sitting here with nothing to eat. It's not like he don't have money. Why have he abandoned us? Guess what, y'all? She was keeping the kids away from him because she wanted the attention. She got pregnant. She married the dad. Then she said, you need to bring the kids back here to wait on me. Beat the daughter in front of the dad. Treated them terribly. And I'm getting to the moral of the story. After all of that, the dad still would honor her. Those kids, the mom came in on the picture as an angel. She showed up in a dream with their teacher and told her, save my kids. The teacher started going to the house telling the father what to do. The woman got worse. He go to kick her. Remember I say you read what you saw? God always have a plan? This woman went in labor, stayed in labor, for about five days. Get eight centimeters, go back to two. The doctor said, I ain't never seen such mess in my life. The baby will not come. Stayed in pain. And he said, but I do know one thing. She said, she's calling you everything. She's cussing, she's doing everything, calling. Anyway, long story short, you reap what you sow. She killed her sister to take her sister's place. Then the baby died. Then guess what happened? She went to sleep that night. She saw her sister in the dream. 
looked in her sister's eyes, she became blind, woke up blind. Y'all, what am I saying? You reap what you sow. That's Bible. But the Bible says, in your well-doing, be not weary. Don't faint. Don't lose courage. Do not be weary in your well, hear what it's saying, doing. You shall, if you faint not, do not faint, y'all. God has got you in a place for a season because he's taken out of you yet what you don't see. He's showing you what's laying dormant to get you ready for such a time as this. Some of us don't want to get ready. We want to stay where we are. But God said, it's due season now. He's pulling people out the woodwork, some that people didn't want to listen to, some that people talked about. And those are the very ones you got to come to to get help. So the churches, they're going to be packed. The ones that God has set up and made ready for such a time as this and for what's yet to come. I'm closing with this scripture. I am. I am apostle. I sure am. Okay. I got one more now. The Holy Spirit, bring it. I'm going to bring it. This is sure as my name is what it is. Listen at this, y'all. I want y'all to know where we are. If you're in your Bible, you should know where you are. And I'm going to read this to you. 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says, This know also. That in the last days, perilous times shall. Y'all hear me? It says that perilous times shall come. So you're going to have these times. And I'm reading out another version. It says, remember, know this. In the last days, there will be many troubles. Y'all hear me? Many troubles, difficult, terrible times. Because, listen at this, people will love themselves. Love money, brag, boast, and be proud, arrogant. They will say evil things against others, speak abusively or blaspheme, and will not obey their parents or be thankful, grateful, or be kind, be the kind of people God wants, holy. They will not love others, will refuse to forgive. Y'all check it. Reconcile will gossip, slander, and will not control themselves. They will be cruel, brutal, will hate, not love what is good, will turn against their friends, be treacherous, traitors, and will do foolish things without thinking, be reckless. They will be conceited, will love pleasure instead of God, and will act as if they serve, oh, y'all catch it, and will act as if they serve God, having a form, appearance of godliness, pity, but will not have his power. Stay away from, avoid those people. For some, for some of them, go sneak, worm their way, talk their way. This is happening into homes and get control of captive, gained influence over silly, vulnerable, or idle women who are full of burden with the guilt of sin and are laid Sin and are laid, swayed, controlled by many, all kinds of evil desires. Now, this is where I want to go. 
Y'all heard all that, right? Look at this verse. He's describing just how those were against Moses. These people are against the truth. Their thinking has been ruined. Minds, thoughts are corrupt, deprived, and they have failed in trying to follow the faith or teaching a counterfeit faith, but they will not be successful in what they do or get much further because. So it's telling you why. But listen at what he told him. He told him what was going to happen. How long have y'all been hearing this? Okay? But guess what he told him? Verse 10. But you have followed what I teach, the way I live, my goal, purpose, aim in life, faith, patience, and love. You know I never give up my endurance. You have, you know how I've been hurt and have suffered persecution. He's telling him where he suffered it for. He said, I have suffered, but the Lord saved, rescued, delivered me from all those troubles. Indeed, in fact, everyone who wants to live as God desires in a godly manner in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But people who are evil and cheat others will go from bad to worse. They will fool others, but they will also be fooling themselves. Now, 14, but you should continue, follow the teaching you learn, because you trust those who taught you. Did y'all hear what I'm saying? Go back over that. These are the times that you're in. So why are you thinking it's strange to see people doing this? And I'm talking about church folk. We know the world going to do this. But this is happening in the church. So what is he telling you? Continue to follow what you have been taught. Don't let this take you from away from what you've been taught, y'all. So I pray. That this teaching in due time, hold on, continue to do what God tells you to do because we're going to have many troubles coming. But if we follow what we have learned and believe and live by faith, we're going to get through it. We're going to be in it, but we're going to get through it. We're going to be in it, but we're going to get through it. We're going to be in it, but we're going to get through it. Why are we still in it? Because God is letting them know they're in it, but they're getting through it. So they're serving a God that's high above what they're in. You cannot rush God even during this pandemic. That's why he said only believe. Only believe. Why are you in it? Only believe me. Only trust me. Only depend on me. Only rely on me. And everything that come, come to me. Come get your orders. He said everything that's hitting you, come get your orders. They open the doors at the school. Come get your orders. They're sending people into places. Come get your orders. I'll tell you what to do to live. When they think you're going to fall, you're going to rise up. Come get your orders. Quit trying to pray against something and ask God, what do I need to pray in these crises? Do I walk through it, God? What do you want me to do, God? Because, see, the enemy is trying to shut down. The church and church, we're allowing him to do it by listening to the world, by listening to scientists. I ain't seen their scientists put a star in heaven. I ain't seen their scientists make a moon. I seen them go to the moon, but they better not come out of that little thing. Not unless they got something around them. They're not the creator. They're not the maker of all things. So why are we putting them in the place of God? God is not man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. Have he not said it, shall he not 
And that verse stays in the Bible for eternity. Because I used it when I was going through sometimes. I got tired of hearing it. I did. But after I got through, I said, God, I know what you're saying. But I got through, y'all. I got through trusting him. I had to let go of everything in my life except him. I was talked about. I was ridiculed. I was just, mm. When I walked in on the scene, people didn't even have to open their mouth. I heard them talking. Close people to me. But guess what? God showed me how to get through it, y'all. He showed me how to get through it. Love conquers a multitude of sin. I had to love when I was hated. Yes. Even knew when jealousy was talking to me on the phone. Some people say, oh, you, you don't know. Yeah, you, you think I don't know. I can love in the midst of hate. I can talk to you all day long and know you hate me, but I'm going to love you. Because God allowed us to know the heart of man. He's after the heart, y'all. Not after lips. <laughs> Whatever's in your heart is going to come out your mouth. So that's how you know a person. From what comes out of their mouth. So let's just give God glory for what he has all ready done. So Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, God is raising you up to be disciples, to send you out of here to win the loss. Those who win souls are wise. Your commission is to win the lost through giving them the good news, the gospel. Everywhere you go, we're talking about Cova more than we're talking about God. So it's time. It's been time. Go out and tell them about Jesus. Amen. Tell them about the emergency is not Cova. It's souls. Because y'all people are dying. For real. And we don't want them to die without Jesus. We don't. We had a young man just to hang himself. Recently. Young man. He was one of my son's friends. And when he called me, he said, Mama, he just hung himself. But you know what my son said, y'all? He's not where he need to be, but he's getting there because he hears. He hears. And when I know he can re repeat what he hears, I know it's touching. He said, Mama, I told him and his cousin was talking on the phone. He said, I told him. He said, I understand he took his life. He said, but look at what he got to go through because he wasn't where he needed to be. It's going to be worse than what he did. Come on, y'all. Train up a child in the way they should go. Because it's not like he don't know. It's not like my son don't know. He knows, but God got an appointed time. But when he stretch out his arms for both all of our children and say, come on, son, I'm welcoming you home. Because guess what? It's getting in there. It's getting in there. Because if he said, if he saved me, he saved my whole house. That's a promise. So no matter what your kid's doing, no matter what it looks like, you give God glory and say, God, I'm standing in the midst of what's going on. I don't care how long they've been out there. Amen. I don't care what they own. God is calling him, calling them 
to himself. He said, come on home, son. Come on home, daughter. It don't matter what you did or how you did it. Welcome home. We need to welcome them outside of them. Quit looking at what they're doing and looking at, look at what he done. Say, I ain't looking at what you're doing. I'm looking at what he done for you. And I'm going to tell you what he done. And then you can quit doing what you do. We supposed to tell them about grace and mercy. Not, come on, they already know they're doomed for hell. Come on. They know it, but let's tell them about this goodness. Let's tell them, y'all. 911. What's your emergency? It's lost souls. It's lost souls, y'all. So it's time for us to talk about it. Is there any in here today? that don't know him as your Lord and Savior. I'm telling you, now is the time of salvation. You cannot wait another minute, another hour, because you don't know what that's going to bring. But God said, come to him just as you are. You don't have to change anything, because when you come to him, and you're relying and you're trusting in him and you believing with all your heart that Jesus is Lord and that he died and he was raised on the third day. You can be saved. You will be saved. And God will do the cleaning up in you. You don't have to do it. He will do the cleaning up through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's just saying, come. Come unto me. All those that are heavenly laden. won't you come he said won't you come and we're just going to wait a few minutes because I know there's some out there watching I see them now crying out to God those that want to commit suicide even right now God said allow me to give you a life that's above death allow me to be whom I need to be in your life God said just come I want to love you just as you are. He said, my love is an unconditional love. It's unconditional. God don't look at what you've done, who you've been with, or who you with now. He said, just come to me. And when you open up your hands, your arms, that's a way of surrender. And you're saying, God, here I am. I can't do it no more. Won't you come? Won't you come? Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. 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 And those that have accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior at this time, you're not alone. Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry doors are open. And we're here to help you along the way. We're here to give you what you need to get through what you're going through and what we give is the word of God and if you can't get here there's other places I know that God will show you that's teaching the word of God 
get to those places to be taught, to be raised up through the word of God. Amen? Amen. God is so good, isn't he, y'all? He is so wonderful. He came to seek and save those that are lost. Do we have any visitors at this time? Any visitors? Okay. Praise God. Greetings in God's name. Um, I'm a friend of Kim and Jamie over there. So we're just 